have to do something. I'll have to update you with whatever happens next. That's how the story ends. Why was I getting so much anxiety during that? Right? Oh my gosh, my hands are sweating. It's so, okay, so I'm gonna it's... have nightmares about this. Hello and welcome back to Under Our Roof for this very special Halloween mini episode. Happy Halloween, everybody. Halloween is tomorrow and we are very excited even though Halloween looks different in 2020. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be your favorite holiday. It just means that it looks a little bit different. And I'm mostly saying that for me because <laughs> it is my favorite holiday. Yeah, so we wanted to do a fun about 15 minute mini episode for Halloween. And we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite Halloween traditions very briefly. And then we each have selected a spooky thing or story to tell the other one. Yeah, we selected stories that we think will scare the other person. And before we jump into that, I would just like to say that we have been reading the reviews that y'all have been giving us on Apple Podcasts, and they're just so encouraging. I, I just want to say thank you so much to anyone who has submit a rating or review. If you know about podcasts, especially an independent podcast like ours, it really helps us out. And someone said in their rating that it's the sort of podcast that you want for a rainy day with a cup of tea. And so in that spirit, I think that you will really like this episode. Go get yourself some hot chocolate, a cup of tea, some coffee. I have a matcha tea, whatever your flavor might be. Water, hydrate, I don't care. <laughs> Vodka, you know, really it's up to you at this point. Um, it's 2020. Drink something that'll help you feel good about the state of the world. Tuck yourself in. Grab a pet if you have one. And let's just spook each other out. But first, Lizzie, what is your favorite Halloween holiday tradition? Well, I should start by saying that I was not a Halloween person before we met. I think that... It was a struggle in yeah, our relationship. The first Halloween that we were dating, which was 2013, was the first year I had dressed up for Halloween in probably five years. So I did not used to like Halloween. And then I started liking it because you really like it. And I've actually grown to love it. And so now I think my favorite tradition, which we're not doing this year, sadly, is hosting a Halloween movie night for all our friends. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite things that we do. A lot of times what happens under our roof in our household <laughs> is that I come up with a really specific idea that's kind of, I would say, a, a little bit a little bit out there. And then Lizzie helps me execute it. There is, of course, the Halloween movie night, which probably doesn't seem that strange to some. But I like to really dress it up. It's the one time of year that I can get my friends to wear costumes and watch classic horror movies with me because most of my friends are not really into that sort of thing. But then, of course, the other event that comes to mind, which I, I really think we should dive into for a full episode, is um, the Nicole Kidman film festival oh that we that we put on over a full weekend it was my idea and lizzie was like i love you and if you really want to put on a film festival for nicole kidman from our home and rent a projector i will help you do this yeah that was a very fun 2019 memory i'm sad it obviously didn't happen this year but grace loves going all out um 
movie marathon or movie night. And yeah, we usually do that for Halloween with a popcorn maker and we reconfigure all our living room furniture for maximum seating. And so it kind of feels like a slumber party with your friends. It's really fun. We're in our late 20s. And so people don't really do that slumber party thing anymore. And I gotta say, I don't know why we stopped. I I mean, aside from waking up somewhere where it's not your home, (laughs) that's the bad part. (laughs) That's the main downside. But the, the act of like falling asleep with your friends, watching watching a movie, eating snacks, just giggling the night away. I know I sound like a child, but it still is very fun to Mm -hmm. me. The waking up is bad when you're not home, especially with pets. You just can't do that. Sadly. We've also really enjoyed dressing up the last few years. We've done some couples costumes, some just on our own costumes. This year we are doing a couples costume and I don't want to say it yet because when this podcast episode comes out, we will not yet have revealed our costume. Mm -hmm. All I can say is that I've spent hours sewing, (laughs) sewing parts of it, and I fully expect for no one to know who I am (laughs) once I have the costume on, but I will feel cool as hell. Mm -hmm. Should we get into our spooky stories? I think we should get into our spooky stories. If you do not want to hear a scary story that involves like a real life kind of true crime, murder and mayhem, then you could skip the rest of this, at least for mine. This is the content warning, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's a content warning, which is, I mean, if you get really freaked out by like true crime and you're not going to sleep, then that's totally fair. I don't, I have no judgment, but I wanted to let you know. So we are taking a road trip in a couple weeks, in a few weeks, um, in November, and it's going to be COVID safe and everything. Don't worry. We're going to really remote areas and being really conscientious about not being a spreader or anything. Um, But I chose my spooky story based on one of the places we're going. And the reason why I did that is because we took a big road trip in 2017 and we drove at one point down kind of a a mysterious highway where a lot of people have gone missing from in British Columbia. And I remember us both getting a little creeped out. Oh, it was extremely creepy. Okay, so this is kind of in that vein. I wanted to find the equivalent of that, but for somewhere that we're going on our road trip this year. So one of the places that we're going is Humboldt County. And if you have never heard of Humboldt County, it's in Northern California on the coast. Well, part of it's on the coast. And it's kind of in between San Francisco and Oregon. And we are going to be spending a few days there. It's a beautiful area. We've driven through it one time before, but we've never really spent a lot of time there. And I'm really excited to go there. It's definitely considered like one of the most beautiful parts of the West Coast. But apparently it has kind of a high rate of missing and murdered people compared with other areas. And I feel like we watched part of this documentary called Murder Mountain. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, that's where we're going. Um, I mean, not specifically, I guess, that mountain, but some people have taken issue with that documentary and said, well, it's a bit misleading. A lot of people are reported missing here, but most of them are found. And the reason why is that there's a lot of marijuana farms, I guess. I was going to say when you said Humboldt County, Mm -hmm. like some of you might not know it. I was like, and some of you might smoke weed, in which case (laughs) you will definitely know Humboldt County. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, a lot of people like are reported missing from there, but then they turn up happily. And so it's not, it's a little misleading to say that they have like this huge rate of missing people. But that said, there have been some very creepy and true like crimes and and mysteries in that area. So I'm going to tell you about a couple of them. 
Okay, so in 1998, there was a serial killer, Wayne Adam Ford. Have you ever heard of him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he walked into a sheriff's station in Humboldt County holding a woman's severed breast in his pocket, and he confessed to killing four people, four female hitchhikers. Yeah, he was... That's um, pretty scary. That's very scary. I remember covering him briefly because uh, it coincided with another killer, Mm -hmm. and I remember that name coming up, although I haven't studied him specifically. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's kind of the little farther away. And then the more recent, there's two parts to this. In 2012, on Halloween... A family was hiking. They had kayaked to this area that's only accessible by boat. It's like across a river. And they Mm -hmm. were hiking around that area. And they used to go hiking there all the time. So that was their family spot that they would always, like, on the weekends recreationally go out. And for years, they had seen this white sneaker sticking up out of the dirt. I'm sure you can guess where this is going. Um, For years, they had seen the same white sneaker. And they they said they always thought it was, like, river trash because, like, stuff, you know, washes up on the banks. Sure. And then one time on Halloween, they noticed that there was a second sneaker tip, like, lined up that had poked out of the dirt. Mm -hmm. And so they thought that was weird because now there's two sneakers that were kind of lined up together. And sure enough, there was a skeleton attached to them. And it still is unsolved who that skeleton is. Obviously, they called for authorities to come and they excavated a complete person that had been laid to rest in a very shallow grave there. It, they think it's a man between 20, a white man, 25 to 45 years old. And they still don't know who it is. And earlier this month in the same area, a skull was found, not the same person. Cause the sneaker right. skeleton was a complete skeleton. They found a skull in kind of the same area, this area that's only accessible by boat. So we will not be going there. <laughs> So wait, wait, wait. So they found a complete skeleton, but it's not like the shoes had not decomposed. Well, it wasn't that old, but it was a shallow enough grave. I mean, I don't know if it was like a skeleton, like the bones were. Oh, okay. I think that's. I was clinging to that imagery. Well, I think it was enough so because this is a bit graphic. But the dad of this family, who was the one that was like, "I'm going to see what's going on with these sneakers," he pulled on one, and there was like a foot. Oh my god! It was like um, full of bones. So it was the person had decomposed enough to where like it was mostly bones. But I don't know that there was. But for years they'd been walking. Yes. So they had multiple years. They were like, "Oh yeah, the wait that sneaker that we've seen. There's another one," and they noticed that is weird. Yeah. Like, heebie-jeebies. And then earlier this month, a skull was found, like, in the same... Not right beside it, I don't think, but nearby. The people that found the Black Dahlia, Mm -hmm. many people had walked past that location, and they thought that it was a mannequin out in the the clearing because her blood had been drained so significantly that she was totally white and pale. And I always have thought, like, if you ever see a mannequin or if I'm in a, Ooh, at a traffic getting, light and I, I see, like, really a suspicious trash bag or mm-hmm. something um, or, like, a Kellogg cereal box because we know that that was one of the pieces of evidence that later brought us BTK. So I always think about stuff like that. So I don't think that those shoes would have been there for years before I would have You've, called something. Well, in. they I only saw know. one shoe. And it was only like one shoe is not that remarkable, and you'd probably be like, "Ew, I don't want to." It must have been well buried. That's the thing. Now that I'm, I'm thinking it was like the tip of a sneaker sticking up, and then one day they were like, "Oh, there's a second sneaker tip right beside it," and that's when it was like, "Huh." That's that's terrifying. Yeah. 
Well, well played, lady, for your spooky story. I went in a totally opposite direction than that. Reddit spooky stories that I found on a Mashable article. And this one is entitled... Actually, I don't even want to say the title because I think it gives away too much. But I'm going to read it to you. And so I'm going to adjust where I'm putting this computer. Okay. 30 hours ago, I hopped on a late night flight from New York heading to Los Angeles. After boarding, I saw that I had an entire row to myself. Takeoff passed without incident, and soon I was stretched out for a nap across the row. I slept for a few hours. I don't know how long, but I woke up to some severe turbulence. It's possible that the lights in the cabin went out for a moment, but I was so disoriented that it's hard to say. I checked my phone to see that it was 4.03 a.m., which I figured gave me about an hour until we landed. When I looked out my window, I was shocked to see nothing but wide open ocean. My jaw dropped. There's obviously no ocean between New York and Los Angeles. I hit the button to call the flight attendant and spent the next few minutes racking my brain for a lake that could have possibly been big enough to explain what I was seeing. I jumped when the attendant flipped off the light. She was grinning from ear to ear and had tears pouring down her cheeks. How can I help you? She asked. I froze for a moment at her reaction before deciding to just ask my question. Where are we? Why does it look like we're flying over an ocean? She wiped her cheeks to clear the tears, still grinning wildly. Sir, we'll be landing in about an hour. I, uh, okay, thank you, I said. After she left, I checked the clock on my phone again. 4.03 a.m. blinked back at me. It hadn't changed. I had to have been waiting with my call light on for the last five minutes, so how was it possible that it hadn't changed at all? I opened up my laptop and saw that it too displayed 4.03 a.m. I pulled out my phone, started a stopwatch in the app, and spent the next two hours looking back and forth between the clocks, waiting for them to change. They never did. I tapped the shoulder of an older woman sitting in the row ahead of me. She looked back, an annoyed expression on her face. Yes? she asked. Do you know how long until we land? I asked. She narrowed her eyes. The flight attendant said it would be about another hour. I shook my head in confusion. The flight attendant? We talked almost two hours ago. We should have landed already. She stared at me as if I was crazy. I was going to continue to try and convince her, but I felt a hand on my shoulder. I spun around to see a male flight attendant grinning down at me, tears pinging off of his cheeks onto my shoulder. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to calm down, or I'll be calling the captain. I told him that it wouldn't be necessary, and I sat back. He removed his hand and stepped away. The flight attendants continued to stop every few hours offering meals. My stopwatch continued to tick up and is now telling me that we've been on this plane for more than 30 hours. I've explored all of coach and tried talking to some other passengers, but they all told me that they're expecting to land in an hour or so. Around three hours ago, I tried getting into first class— I made it past the curtain, but was escorted back by two grinning flight attendants. Their grip on my arms was like iron. Sir, the seatbelt sign is on, one said. Please remain in your seat with your buckle fastened. We'll be landing in about an hour. I'd just about given up hope when a woman came down the aisle dressed in a business suit. She didn't look at me or slow down, but she dropped a piece of paper onto my tray as she made her way into the bathroom at the back of the plane. I shot around before unrolling it. It said, Are you stuck too? I pulled out a pen and wrote, Yes, it's been 30 hours. I folded the scrap of paper up and set it on the tray closest to the aisle. She left the bathroom and picked it up as she passed. It's been 30 minutes since then. I don't know why, but I don't think the flight attendants would like it if they knew that we were talking. 
It doesn't matter. I have to do something. I'll have to update you with whatever happens next. That's how the story ends. Why was I getting so much anxiety during that? Right? Oh my gosh, my hands are sweating. It's so, okay, so I'm going to have nightmares about this. It's so stressful to think about a plane ride that never ends. You get on a plane and it's a plane to nowhere. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm having a violent reaction to this. I also know that both of us have some anxiety associated with plane travel. So as soon as I read that story, the the assignment I understood was that we were trying to spook each other out. Mm -hmm. And I think we both were able to accomplish that. I agree. Even though that was obviously a supernatural science fiction story from Reddit. No, that's... It's a good story. Like, it accomplishes what it intends to do, I think, which is have a very intense reaction of mm-hmm. the reader. But, wow. Um, I'm really happy that we don't have any plane travel scheduled anytime soon. Yeah. I think that it really does tap into a fear that I wasn't expecting. Because I just typed in ghost stories and I wanted to see yeah. sort of different um, – expressions of ghost stories on the internet and see if I could find one that I thought would creep you out. And so reading one about a plane ride to nowhere and just being stuck on a plane with flight attendants that are crying but grinning is so creepy. So creepy. Because I really do not like plane travel. I know. I don't yeah, I I could get into all my thoughts on plane travel, but that is a nightmarish story. But hosting it as the setting for a spooky story I thought was so creative, Mm -hmm. too. I love, weirdly, I really love thrillers and scary movies set on planes. I don't know why, because I'm kind of scared of planes. That is very interesting. But, like, um, Red Eye with Rachel McAdams is, like, such a good movie. That is a good movie. Yeah. That is a good movie. I watched it after The Notebook. I was a big Rachel (laughs) McAdams fan. I was like, I'll follow you anywhere. And so I went to go see Red Eye in theaters and I was not disappointed. But boy, is it tense. Yeah, it's super tense. Yeah. Well, we hope that this was a fun little mini episode. We hope that you are having fun and safe Halloween plans this weekend. Send us a photo of your costumes if you want. Just keep in touch. All our information is in the show notes, as well as links to the stories that we read to you. Humbly, I am asking you to rate and review (laughs) us if you like our podcast. That would be much appreciated. Important to note that Lizzie was unable to say that without giving finger guns to the mic (laughs) because she is so new to this. So she's just like... She's like, humbly I ask, pointing finger guns to no one. Um, But truly, it really is very helpful. Rate and review us, subscribe. Don't forget to do all that good stuff. Thank you so much to everyone who's been supporting this podcast so far. We love doing it. We hope that you're well, and we'll see you very soon on another full episode of Under Our Roof. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Bye.